from the University of Texas at Austin, KUT Radio, this is In Black America. I would have loved to have joined while I was in college, mm -hmm. but they didn't have any Greek letter organizations at the time over, over at Fordham University on the Lincoln Center campus. But I, I had friends that were in uh, the organization. And I always, you know, went to, a, you know, went to some affairs and, and hung out, you know, when I could. And when I finally graduated and I started, and I started working, there was one, they, they call them sorors, but that was a friend of mine who convinced me to come out and see what it was all about on a graduate chapter level. And uh, she invited me to her chapter and I, I went and I saw what they were doing and I, and I, made, and I did my own research. And I, I, I love what Zeta Phi Beta Sorority stood for, uh, for the service that they do, for the scholarship, for, for just being in the community. Valerie Hollingsworth Baker, the new international president of Zeta Phi Beta Incorporated, and Director of Enforced Systems Division for New York Life Insurance Company in New York City. In 1982, Hollingsworth Baker joined Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated Delta Mu Zeta chapter. She immediately began working in that chapter and has held numerous positions at the local, state, regional, and national levels. Zeta Phi Beta Incorporated is a 98-year-old international women's service organization founded at Howard University in Washington, D.C. Since its inception, Zeta Phi Beta Incorporated has continued its steady climb into the national spotlight with programs designed to demonstrate concern for the human condition both here and abroad. The sorority's national and local programs include the endowment of its National Educational Foundation Community Outreach Services and support of multiple affiliates organizations. I'm Johnny O'Hanson, Jr., and welcome to another edition of In Black America. On this week's program, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated with International President Valerie Hollingsworth Baker in Black America. Well, scholarship is my favorite principle because I guess how I, how I was brought up, what, I, what, you know, what, I, what I've gone through in, in, in being, you know, going through my educational process, I would say that scholarship is very important to me because uh, that's where that's where we are building upon where we are going to go as individuals. We start out young as a children and growing up and going through our educational maturation process, but at the end of the day, it's the it's that that scholarship what we're for because in this day and age and even before you can't go anywhere without having a proper education. Education has been a cornerstone of Zeta Phi Beta Incorporated commitment to the community. The National Educational Foundation awards scholarship grants to worthy students for the pursuit of higher education. Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, Valerie Hollingsworth Baker graduated high school as valedictorian at the age of 14. She then enrolled in Fordham University, where she earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in child psychology at the age of 18. In 1989, she began a professional career with New York Life Insurance. There, she has worked in several different areas within the company in various senior level and managerial positions before being promoted to her current job 
as director of Enforce Systems Division. In July of 2018, Hollingsworth Baker was installed as the 25th International President of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Reese and Black America spoke with the new international president. Life was good. I came from a family that they believed in hard work. They, uh, my grandfather was an, an immigrant. He came from Barbados. Uh, he settled in the country in the early 30s. He wanted to make uh, you know, a better life for his family, and he worked very hard. He was in general con- a general contractor, and he did a lot of work in the area in which we now live did a lot of renovation of the buildings and things of that nature, and it was really exciting for him. And then he was able to bring his family over by the later 30s, and by 1939, he bought his first home in Bedford-Stuyvesant, and that's where my my mother, my grandmother, everybody uh, was able to make their home there. And then I was born here in the United States, uh, so I was like the first generation over over here. And it was just uh, really wonderful because I grew up with my my grandparents and and my and my parents. So it was it, it was really it was really something that I I really must say that I was had a benefit in having a very strong mother influence and she and and just being able to to be around her and, and, of course, having the benefit of my grandparents as well. So I, I would say that I was really blessed as a, a young child growing up. I was an only child, but I was able to uh, adapt to that and do my own thing. So it, it so I, I've learned to be able to be very self-sufficient. I understand. Tell us about the neighborhood that you grew up in. Uh, well, the neighborhood we we had a lot of a lot of families. Everyone was everyone was working in the neighborhood. I mean, we, we and we were we we were a village. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the all the uh, parents were the parents of all the kids on the block. So if 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 one if one child got out of hand, <laughs> and there were other parents that saw that they were getting out of hand, you'd get uh you you you'd get a talking to by those parents, and then you'd have to come home and you'd have to get another talking to with some punishment from your own parents. So we learned how to try to act right, as they would tell us, because there were eyes on all of us. And uh, and when I mean eyes on all of us, there were always eyes on all of us. And we, we, we adhered to and respected our elders. So we, we, you know, we were kids like anybody else. We would do little things that would get us in trouble or whatever. Like I would drop... Uh, we, I couldn't ride my bike around the block. I can only ride my bike from one one corner to another. But sometimes I would want to go around the block, and then here comes my grandfather coming outside and see me coming from one way when he knew that I when I was riding from the other way. So it was those kind of things that we did and got ourselves in trouble. It was innocent. It wasn't anything that was really what I would call serious. So it, it was those type of things that we would always get our hands slapped for, but we enjoyed it, you know, just, just growing up and just being with each other. We had a nice little group of kids that we that I grew up with, and we were at each other's homes, and we played with our dolls and our cars and our, and our, our, our bikes and, and did everything together, had birthday parties together, you know, had sleepovers together. So we had a good time. I thought I was the only one that had those kind of instructions about going from corner to corner. Oh, no. I raised my hand. That was me, too. (laughs) 
You graduated high school at 14? Yes, yes. I, I went to St. Augustine uh, Episcopal School. My mother always really worked hard at putting me in private schools, and, and her whole thing was education. So when I was growing up, when I was growing up, I she started me reading very early. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was able to, I was I was reading uh, children's books when I was like two and a half, and she would take me well, with her to uh, the hairdresser or something, and I would always entertain all of the clients by sitting there reading my Nancy Drew books to them, and they <laughs> thought that I was the cutest little thing because I could read and and, and comprehend what I was what I was uh, what I was reading and tell them all about the books and I always loved to to read and and she taught me my my timetables and everything so by the time I started uh, school I was ahead of the kids even in kindergarten and then we went into some special programs so by the fifth grade then they put a certain group of us as a test as test cases in it, because they saw that we were far ahead of the other kids, and we started going into programs that would get us prepared for high school. So I skipped the I skipped the sixth grade, and I skipped the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But in the fifth grade, I was able we were able to take exams for entrance into some of the uh, city high schools just as a test to see where we were. And uh, I, I had I had passed a Stuyvesant. But of course, you know, then that was that was just a test, and that was a little too young to go any place <laughs> to high school. But by the time I got to the ninth grade, then I went into a, another private school. And by the time I graduated, I, I was just four. I was just fourteen. Now you had an opportunity to go to some of the nation's top universities, but you chose to stay close to home at Fordham. Why? Well, I uh, well, let me put it to you this way. My mother was, I think that she had it all planned because mm-hmm. <laughs> she knew, she allowed me to have these dreams of going to all of these colleges that I, I, you know, put my applications in for. But then she gave me the bad news at the end, even though I graduated and, 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 and got accepted to these schools. She said, well, now you know how old you are, so you're only going to get two choices, Brooklyn and New York. So you can pick one of the two in there, and those are the two that you could go to because you're really too young to try to go away anyplace. So I was a little disappointed, but I picked Fordham because at least I could get away on the train. Now, what brought your interest in child psychology? Well, because even though I grew up and I had a, a, a real loving home and family and everything, it was really hard for me to assimilate with with old with, with the with the older children because you you know kids are, sometimes they can they they can be not they can they're not all that nice all the time and when you're a little kid that's really smart. Uh, you try to hide it because you want to try to get in with the group, but then you can't do a lot of things that the other kids can do because they're, you know, a number of years older than you. So I had really a hard time going, growing up in that respect, and I, and I felt that child psychology would really help me to understand, you know, what, you know how you can really focus and face different things in life, especially as you're growing up, 
how how you can how you can deal with things because a lot of children don't deal with it well that that are pushed into those kind of circumstances because of their intelligence or you know like if they're you know if they can do something better you know than what the average kids do and how and you know how how they're treated so that's pro- that's what really got me into that because you know i i just really you know i always was trying to hide the fact and not really want to tell anybody you know how old i was or say you know uh you know or try to even look as smart as i was because you would kind of get shunned and you 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 can't assimilate with everybody and your money was theater and drama yes because i was i was definitely an introvert and that pushed me that pushed me out into being able to express myself better. You went to work for New York Life Insurance Company almost 30 mm-hmm. years ago. What was it about the company that, that really attracted your attention? Well, I, you know, I, I wanted to do, I wanted to, to get into corporate America because I thought that's where you can really make good money. Mm-hmm. And I figured that if I started from the ground up, I can work my way up and get through and do do things that may be different in different departments because staying in one area too long in anything that I did, it, when you start to master it, then I, then I became bored. So in working in New York Life, I always was able to go from a different department to a different department. You know, when there was an opportunity for advancement here, I would jump here, I would do this, I would go to the next one. And then finally, one year they asked me to go into the systems area because they wanted to they wanted to get a group of people uh, employees that would help build the subsystems for the company and I was pretty much an expertise in the contract change area so they asked me to come on board so that was like really exciting for me because I said oh boy this is something new that I can learn and I can grow with so I ended up helping to build the subsystem, to roll it out to all of the employees, do all the training, and then I became the administrator of the subsystem. And then from there, I got more into the different areas in system where I would learn a lot more because you were always doing something different. So it was never always the same thing over and over again. What is the contract change area? Well, the contract changes is, is what when I started out there in New York City, you had to, if you're a client, you have a policy, and you wanted to do some changes on the policy. So there are contractual changes that you do to the policy. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the people in that area that had to work on how do I get your contractual changes updated into the system. Uh, I got you. Now and you then I, go ahead. And then from and from there. That's why they wanted to have a subsystem that would be able to do a lot of the processing, and that's why they asked me because I was doing that on a manual basis all the time. So I guess that's where your paralegal training came in? Yes, yeah. I I was able to, you know, look at the contracts and things of that nature, and then I just did paralegal too because I never know. I, I, I always were one of those people that said, never know when you might need, need that it. for something else. So I just went back and I and I, I got that so that, you know, in case there was any areas I could utilize that in, I would be able to have that too. You are now director of the M4 Systems Division. What does that entail? 
Well, the di- director at Influence Systems, we do a lot of testing of the new products that come out or what or products that are existing and they need enhancements to them or we are uh, just uh, doing a lot of co- or we're just doing a lot of corrections so therefore there is ma- there's major projects then there's you know and then there's middle of the road projects and then there's small projects so depending on what we are we do I do a lot of the, the sit and consult with a major pro- new product development there's teams that are involved so that once they want to roll, once they have a new product that they're, they're looking at implementing, then you have to go about the whole cycle of how the, from, from the time that it starts to the time that it goes to market. And in between that, then there's a part where you have to actually test out all the changes to make sure that when a client says they want A, B, and C, that you could produce the, the policy, that you could do all the changes on the policy, that the, the inter- that the internal areas can update and give the clients what they need. Because one thing uh, New York Life is very stringent about is customer service excellence. So you've got to really be on the ball and make sure that you have all of these little intricate ideas that they want to infuse into the product that it actually is going to work and the system is going to get it updated for you on a timely basis. I know that's right. If you're just joining us, I'm Johnny O'Hanson Jr. and you're listening to In Black America from KUT Radio and we're speaking with Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated new international president Valerie Hollingsworth Baker. She's also the director of the Enforced Systems Division at New York Life Insurance. Ms. Hollingworth Baker, you joined Zeta Phi Beta in 1982. How did you find the organization? And how did you know that this organization was the right fit for you? Well, I I, I would have loved to have joined while I was in college, mm-hmm. but they didn't have any Greek letter organizations at the time over over at Fordham University on the Lincoln Center campus. But I, I had friends that were in uh, the organization. And I always, you know, went to, a, you know, went to some affairs and, and hung out, you know, when I could. And when I finally graduated and I started, and I started working, there was one, they, they call them Soros, but that was a friend of mine who convinced me to come out and see what it was all about on a graduate chapter level. And uh, she invited me to her chapter. And I, I went and I saw what they were doing and I, and I, made, and I did my own research. And I, I, I love what Zeta Phi Beta Sorority stood for, uh, for the service that they do, for the scholarship, for, for just being in the community and rolling up their sleeves and doing what they can for those that are in need of their help. And um, I love to do a lot of community service work because growing up with my mom, she was very highly involved in the neighborhood block association in the in in church she had was in a lot of committees at church and she would and i was her i, I was i was her ride or die buddy so mm-hmm. therefore i would always she would wherever you saw my mother i was with her so i went to all the meetings i i, I went to the to the community board meetings with her you know uh and this is when i'm seven eight years old and i'm just I, I really got involved because of her, and I knew that service was something that she always loved, 
and it made me love it even more. And I thought this was a you know a perfect fit for me, so I decided that I would try to join the organization. Prior to this new appointment, what were some of your previous positions in the sorority? Well, my my most recent was that I was the first vice president of the of Zeta right. Phi Beta Sorority right. Incorporated, and and that was and that in, I'm in, I was in charge of all the membership. So to to really just from on a layman standpoint, I, I was the person that was the final say. So whether a- anyone would join Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Name one thing that you would like to accomplish with the sorority by the year 2020. I would love to have Zeta Phi Beta Sorority come together and we look at being the first sorority that will have a charter school in in the U.S. I know there are others that have charter schools in Africa. I know one authority that has a chapter that has one, but I would love for us to have a charter school uh, I feel that's so important to me because we are about scholarship, education. Uh, that's what we've always been. And for to honor our founders, uh, one of which I was so honored and blessed that I was able to know in her final 12 years that she lived on this earth and that I became very close to, I, I find that scholarship and education are the are our basis our basic principles, and I feel that I want to be able to have that as a as, as a capstone for us as this organization, so that we too can help God's children, because that's what this is all about. You, you're, we're here to help God's people, and we do that by making sure that we take care of the children and getting them the best education, and making sure that they too can be valuable in their lives when they grow up and will be able to stand toe-to-toe with anyone and get those better jobs and be those, those biochemists and, 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 and engineers and anything else that they want to do. And we have to start and help them in that capacity. And I believe that those are the things when we talk about our sororities and our fraternities that we're helping, we're helping our people. And that's what's important to me. What was one of the things that, founder Fanny Watts told you that you most remembered? She always told me her, her, her living phrase to me from day, from day one. She said, be the best you can, do the best you can, and the best will follow. And I, and I try to live those principles for all the time that I've been in this organization because I know that that would be what she would want me to do, and I give the best of myself every day. I understand. What are some of the characteristics that strengthens your character from being in Zeta Phi Beta? Well, I think because it's, it's how I've grown up. It's, 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 it's who my parents are. It's, 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 it's being, a, being a person that perseveres. I was, never, I was always taught that you may not get everything you want just when you want it, but you're going to get it when it's the right time and in God's time. And you have to persevere and you have to believe and you have to really be strong and have that mental capacity and thought process to say you, we're not always 
going to succeed in everything we do at first, but you have to try again. You never, you never give up. And if you give up, then you really never live your dream because your dream is really making sure that you get what it is that you are searching for or what you're you're trying to achieve. So with I think with how I how I was raised, I, I I'm I'm someone that perseveres. I will never give up until until it's over. That that that's just the way I am. Yeah, I I, I feel that when some, when I get knocked down, it makes me stronger because I get up and I and then I know that I do something I do something a different way because I'm better now because I've learned from that knockdown that you got to do something else to get to that next level. So I just keep going. And I know that that's hard for some, but that's why I feel for me standing here today as the president of this organization, it hasn't come easy for me. I had to get knocked down a couple of times, but I got back up. And now I'm here today because of the perseverance that I have that I believe in. If you had the power to change or improve one thing in Zeta Phi Beta, what would it be and how would you go about doing it? Well, I think that what I would like to improve upon is just making sure that our our infrastructures are stronger so that because we have a we, we have not only just our chapters here stateside, but we are international as well. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, there, there's there's a lot that goes on when you have international chapters. You know, the time differences, how you mail things to them, a lot of sometimes the disconnect, you know, communication-wise. There are things that we can approve upon to make the infrastructure better for everyone, and that's what is one of my main goals. Can you share some of the or one most memorable experience you've had with your sorrows and what that impact had on you? I would say that the most memorable impact for me was really my relationship that I had built with the last founder uh, prior to her passing away in 1995. I think that was very impactful for me. The I think that moment in time just actually being able to meet someone who was principal factor in bringing about a major nonprofit organization was just something that I would never forget. And and I treasure I treasure that I treasure that moment every day. Of scholarship, service, sisterhood, and finer womanhood, which principle is your favorite and why? Well scholarship is my favorite principle because I guess how I bro- how I was brought up, what I what you know what I what I've gone through in 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 being you know going through my educational process, I would say that scholarship is very important to me because that's where that's where we are building. Valerie Hollingsworth Baker the new international president of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated and director of Enforce Systems Division for New York Life Insurance Company in New York City. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions as to future In Black America programs, email us at inblackamerica at kut.org. Also, let us know what radio station you heard us over. 
Remember to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station or of the University of Texas at Austin. You can hear previous programs online at KUT.org. Until we have the opportunity again for technical producer David Alvarez, I'm John L. Hanson, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us again next week. CD copies of this program are available and may be purchased by writing In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. That's In Black America CDs, KUT Radio, 300 West Dean Keaton Boulevard, Austin, Texas, 78712. This has been a production of KUT Radio.